The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. I've never been arrested, so it does come a bit of a surprise to me. Um, again, I tried to ask the police, like if they could enlighten me on some on anything, and unfortunately, they wouldn't tell me why. Guilt by association. Vivian Santos resigned from her board appointment to the Winnipeg Police Board because she didn't survive the background check. And Julie, this afternoon, as we've been reporting, Vivian Santos rethinking that idea. But it got us wondering about police get to choose ultimately who is involved in its oversight in these types of committees and how transparent are police in their scrutiny of individuals and in a situation like this does it exclude somebody because of guilt by association or in an era now where we have individuals that may have done something illegal like smoking up five years ago well it's it's legal now so there's lots of questions to be asked and answered in the next few minutes here on 680 cjob Several guests join us now. Let's begin with Phil Gursky. He is a former member of the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. That's better known as CSIS. And he's with Borealis Threat Consulting. Good evening, Phil. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Julie. Hi, Richard. Phil, should somebody like Councillor Santos or anyone else that is going through a security check, if they're denied or if they flunk, if you will, should they know the reasons why? Well, that's a really good question. So, you know, as you mentioned, I worked for CSIS and I worked for CSC as well, the Signals Intelligence Agency, for 32 years. So I had a very, very high security clearance. And they go through a fairly laborious process to give you that clearance. And I think that what they do is they do background checks and they do the things that they need to do, the sources they have to um, talk to. And one thing about intelligence services, Julie, is you protect your sources. So if they were to disclose something to the councilman that, or councilman that was denied, there might be a, a sort of a breach of, of that kind of process. So I know it doesn't look good and it doesn't, you want to know the reasons why, but there are valid reasons for which a police agency, or in my case, the uh, Canadian Security Intelligence Service, will not tell me the reasons why a security clearance is denied. It's protection of sources, essentially. So... Um, when these security checks happen, you are asked to submit, um, you know, the, perhaps the name of your spouse, the name of your spouse's parents, those kinds of things. Can you be denied a security clearance or, a, or pass, fail a security check simply based on something that is, has nothing to do with the information that you have provided? Oh, absolutely, because they're not going to rely solely on what you tell them, because surprise, surprise, you might not tell them things of which you're embarrassed or which you think might cast a shadow on your application. So they'll go well beyond the information that you provide. As I said, I got my top secret clearance way back in 1982 when dinosaurs still roamed the earth, and it was a very long process that, 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 that got me that place, and they certainly didn't rely solely on what I had given them because they had to go well beyond that to determine if there were reasons for which I should not be granted a security clearance. Also with us on 680 CJOB is Louise Simbandimwe. And Louise, did something like this happen to you? Uh, Not exactly. Um, I was appointed to the police board in 2013 by the province. Um, And they they asked to do a, a criminal records check, and so that was fine. And it looked like the appointment was going through. Uh, and then I got asked to do a second background check, except this time it was going to be conducted by the Winnipeg Police Service. 
And that immediately rung alarm bells for me because I thought if I'm supposed to be providing independent oversight, it seemed like a fairly flagrant conflict of interest that the Winnipeg Police Service would then be um, doing a background check on me. And I became even more alarmed when I understood more of the details. Um, There was no clear criteria. They just talked very vaguely about having someone that was of sufficient character to be sitting on the police board, and they couldn't give me any details in terms of how they were going to be making that assessment, what standards, what criteria. It was also very far-reaching in terms of what I was giving them permission to look into, everything from my financials to anybody that I'd ever had any degree of association with. And so that created a great deal of discomfort for me and raised a number of concerns. Um, So in addition to being concerned about the independence of the board, I was also uh, really concerned that it would deter um, people from Indigenous, um, uh, Black communities, uh, people of color from uh, from applying. Like I'm a former refugee from Africa, and I know that there's a deep mistrust of the police, and as well as um, concern that there is systemic sort of racialized. Um, bias. A, a lot of people would, would hear that and say, well, you know, Louise, if you have nothing to hide, why not allow this to happen? But That's, y- that's y- exactly what the two burly police officers that came into my office said to me. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, my, my first question is, why is it necessary to do that level of background check to sit on the police board? And no one was able to give me a clear answer to that. Uh, there was a study by the police commission uh, that happened in 2013 in response to my concerns, and they found that there was enormous variability across the country in terms of whether or not police board members were required to do security checks and who conducted those checks. So there is no right answer or best practice. Uh, And in light of today's climate, I just think that it's really essential that the board is fully independent, and the fact that the Winnipeg Police Service can do these far-reaching background checks with no accountability, no transparency on an annual basis on every single member of the police board means that they essentially have veto power over who's on the board. Let's bring in Scott Newman. He is a Winnipeg criminal lawyer and was was tweeting about this situation. And and Scott, you really wanted uh, Councillor Santos to perhaps pursue this in the courts, and it looks like she is considering that now. Good idea? I think it's a, a great idea to try and bring some clarity to the issues that both of your guests have already raised. Uh, certainly, uh, it's important when you're doing background checks to rely on sources, but the problem with that is sources can be unreliable. They can lie. They can also provide information that's inaccurate. So if you're simply going to rely on unnamed sources that are providing information that is, you know, in some cases unsubstantiated, or simply, well, you know a person or you hang around with a person who has criminal, criminal uh, involvement, you're, you're absolutely delving into the realm of guilt by association. Uh, Louise makes a great point that uh, with respect to the legislation for police boards, they're not entitled to get information about day-to-day activities, specific officers, specific investigations. The legislation says specifically they're not entitled to any information about uh, police intelligence. So why are we having those kinds of invasive background checks for someone that is attending to public meetings and and essentially debating 
uh, top level policies and, and budget concerns. Should these checks then perhaps be done by an outside agency? Should, I'll just say, Calgary police do the, the security checks for people that might sit on the Winnipeg police board? Well, I mean, you have to do what's what's going to have a level of common sense as well. But the the question really is is you know even the Romans said who watches the watchman? Uh, should it be the Winnipeg police? And if so, should there be a level of transparency to that process so that if there is an entry, maybe there's a mistake and it's wrong, and the person who's the subject of the background check should be allowed to correct it? Should they have a hearing? Should they have a right of appeal? Uh, if let's let's have a hypothetical where I am somebody who is very involved uh, hypothetically uh, in uh, protesting the police, policing uh, police brutality, going to Black Lives Matter protests, going to Indigenous protests about how they're treated by the police, and the police take notes of that and note who is present at these protests for their own files. I then decide, well, the next step is for me to get involved in the police board, and I'm appointed. The police do a background check, and they say we don't determine that you're of good character because you've been attending at protests. Uh, That would be obviously a a terrible result. Uh, And that's sort of what we're getting into here with Councillor Santos when she has made comments in the past talking about we need to look closely at police budgeting and how much we're spending on it. Uh, It sure looks and smells bad. So you want to make sure you have a process in place that's not only fair, but that seemed to be fair that has a level of transparency and fairness so that members of the public can have uh, comfort that not only are we ensuring public safety, we're also making sure that uh, the oversight role is fulfilled in a, in a fashion that is fair to everyone concerned. Kate Kaler is with us from the Social Planning Council here in Winnipeg. Kate, what's the solve on this in your view? Oh my, I wish I had, a, I wish I had that magic wand. Um, I can only agree very heartily with the last two callers on this. Um, I think what we need to to do as a society, as Winnipeg, is have that rethink on what we want from our police service and what we want uh, and from a police board, from a civilian oversight view of it. So we are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, and we're supposed to be able to face our accusers in court. So when there's a, pros- a process that is, uh, that is implemented that happens behind closed doors and we're not able to actually address what those accusations are, that makes no sense. And I'll actually go even a little bit farther. If we are talking about people who are involved in the criminal justice system, even the presence of a criminal record should actually not stop somebody from being on the police board. Um, they are, like, all the meetings, like, for all the guests they have said the meetings are public it's all on minutes no there is no confidential information that i'm aware of that could perhaps be used against somebody if they are in somehow a compromised situation that's that's not the issue but the point is wouldn't we want somebody who had been involved in the criminal justice system to sit on the on the police board to say to be able to give their lived experience of of what that looked like that would be immeasurably help, helpful, I think, when, we look, when we're looking for policy and change. Yeah. And last I'm, word I'm, goes... To, last oh, word I'm, has to go to 
to to Phil. Um, Phil, we're, we're wondering, you know, can you really know what all of your friends are doing and should you be punished for what your friends are doing? Because Councillor Santos admitted, listen, um, I am a friend with, with this person that is, is facing charges, yeah. but should she be punished for it? Well, Julie, you know, I don't obviously have been following the case. I don't know the reasons why the Winnipeg police would have denied her the, the you know, the clearance to her position. And I do, I, I agree with your previous speakers that, you know, do you really need a clearance to this position? I certainly did for mine because I had access to very sensitive information. But I just want to point out that these clearances are not denied for willy-nilly reasons. There, there, there are grounds on which they're denied. Now, it's not transparent. And that might be a problem. But they don't do this just because they don't like you or the fact that you attended a Black Lives Matter movement. There, there's something in there that made them say, hmm, there's a risk here. And that risk is so big that we can't grant it. I, I just I, I can't believe that Winnipeg police would do this out of spite or for reasons that weren't valid. The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.